you from the San Jose Mercury News, the Bay Area News Group, it's the TK Show. Now here's your host, Tim Kawakami. Okay, everybody, it's Tim Kawakami here, broadcasting from San Jose, downtown San Jose, high up in the clouds. And it is my very good uh, friend, glad to have as a guest today, been, been meaning to have him on for a long time. Matt Mayoko from Comcast Sports. Matt, how are you today? I'm doing great. I, w- I learned one thing, Tim, that yeah. all I have to do is just compliment you on your show, <laughs> and next thing I know, I'm on. You get me thinking. That's what you said. You, you get me thinking about, wait a minute, I got a show, I got a book here, and let's see, that 49ers <laughs> team's pretty interesting. Maybe, wait, who should I get on if to talk about the 49ers? Uh, obviously, Matt Mayoko, the beat writer for Comcast for the 49ers, and the dean of not only the 49ers beat, I'm pr- are you the dean of the NFC West? I, I can't think of another writer in the NFC West who's been covering the team longer than you have. Well, I would think, you know, maybe Kit Summers yeah, in yeah. Arizona. Oh, there you go. Okay, that's, that's a good uh, one. I think, I think Jim, Jim Thomas, uh, we came in the same year, oh, 1995. Wow. Okay. So that was the year that uh, the Rams moved to St. Louis. So I would think that, that I'm, I'm in a tie maybe for <laughs> second place with Jim. One of the deans. Come on now. One of the deans one of, of the, the NMC West. One, one, of the one, one of the the gray beards, even though you don't have a beard and it's not gray. But I'll, I'll, I'll call you that anyway. <laughs> hey, Matt, given your, your long experience with 49ers, longer than, than anyone who's covered this team currently, do you see? I, I've been throwing this out that this team reminds me a, bit, a little bit of a Singletary team, maybe a little bit of a Mike Nolan team. Does this at all? You, do you see that? Do you feel that, or is this something different than some of the things I'm throwing out there? Well, I think there are a couple things that come to mind, and, and one of them is actually the year uh, it would have been after Dennis Erickson's first season, yeah. when you know so much of that roster changed and. You know, they went through at that point. It was a lot of it was because of the salary cap, and they went from being you know a team that was on the cusp of the playoffs in uh, what year was that? Two thousand three. Three. Yeah, they were seven, yeah. So seven and nine that year. Yeah. Right. So they parted ways in two thousand two with Steve Mariucci after they went to the playoffs. Yep. Uh, parted ways is, I guess, one way of putting it. I believe uh, philosophical differences. <laughs> yeah. That one wasn't was mutual. That one wasn't there. mutual. We know that one for sure. Yeah, that one wasn't mutual. Yeah. Uh, and then in 2003, Dennis Erickson came in and, and kind of kept the team together for the most part. They finished seven and nine. And then after that season, pretty much the roster was was blown up, and you know, a lot of the the, the standouts of the past uh, were shown the door for various reasons, including Terrell Owens, Jeff Garcia. Yeah. And then it, it fell apart. 2004 was two and 14. And that led to the end of Erickson, the, the end of Donahue. Uh, so to me, that's the closest okay. cop to what's happened here. And, and I think that, you know, in a lot of ways, the first year Erickson kept it together and I think Tom Sula, for the most part, is is keeping it together. I, I wouldn't have said that earlier in the yeah. year. I mean, that that locker room was bad, and I think it's gotten better. So, yeah, I see the I see the comparison with Singletary, you know, never having been a coordinator, and really never even a position coach yeah. <laughs> by and large. Um, you know, with, with Jim Tom Sula, but I do think that Tom Sula is a better coach. Mm-hmm. Than, than Singletary was. 
And uh, I think one issue that they've had was Singletary had a difficult time putting together a coaching staff. Yep. And I think in many same ways, Jim Tomsula had a difficult time putting together a coaching staff and kind of had to, to fall back on a lot of guys that he knew from NFL Europe or guys uh, on the current staff that um, maybe he didn't necessarily think that they'd be in the roles that they were or that they are, but, but that's kind of how things had to shake out by necessity. Do you see Tom Sula growing kind of, you know, from where he was at the start to where he is now? And, and where would you say that's happened? Yeah, I think, you know, it, our snippets of him, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's funny. I, I talked to a lot of people around the league, you know, other media people who, who kind of like, wow, what's it like covering him? Hmm. You know, he, he, he's not a real you know, articulate guy. I think he's grown a little bit more comfortable in front of the camera, but he, he's never going to, you know, wow you with his command of the English language, which to me kind of, you know, I, I kind of wonder, well, how's he able to communicate with his team uh, when a coach has to do that? Coach has to be able to, to strike the right chords. I think Jim's I mean, very bright guy and certainly knows and understands uh, what he wants to get across. Uh, so maybe it, it's maybe he's a little bit better in that kind of setting where you know the cameras aren't rolling and he's not looking into a into a red light. Um, I, I, you know, it, it's tough to gauge because he really is a delegator. You know, he's he's not running the defense. That's Eric Mangini's baby. He's not, although I'm sure he has some input into it and, and wants to know exactly what's going on. I'm. You know, his forte is the defensive line. And, you know, we, this is one of the things that I, I think has kept him from being a defensive coordinator. And and from what I understand, one of the reasons that, that Adam Gase wasn't, you know, envisioned him as being the, the coordinator on his staff because he doesn't have any grasp or has never worked with the back end. And, and in today's NFL, I mean, you have to have a very good understanding of where uh, how the defensive backfield fits into the big picture. Yeah. Uh, so you know he he's not you know hands on dialing up defenses on game day. He's certainly not involved in the offensive side. So it's kind of difficult to say how he's grown other than than this. Early in the season, I mean that was a bad locker room. Yeah. I mean it was and 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 it carried over to the field. I mean you could see it the body language. I mean everything was bad. And at, there was a point pretty early on where I thought this thing is going to blow up and it's going to be ugly. Uh, to his credit, he has kept that locker room as, as together as it possibly can. It can be at this point, a four and eight uh, team. So I give him credit for that, for being able to at least rein things in, probably make some roster moves that had to be made. I'm sure there'll be a lot more in the off season, yeah. but, um, uh, all in all, I think he's he's done a pretty good job as the head guy, just keeping it from from falling completely off the rails. Well, without trying to get way way too specific here and pin you down, but when you say it was bad and it's better now, is that literally benching Kaepernick and trading Vernon Davis? Well, I, I you know I I think that had something to do with it. I mean, you know, we know that that Vernon. Uh, you know, spoke out at a at a team meeting, mm-hmm. and, and things got pretty heated. Um, 
and I also know that and the wide receivers were, were not happy at all. And I mean, you, for evidence, I mean, I've heard some things that happened behind the scenes, but just for, you know, visual evidence, I mean, everybody could see it, yeah. you know, the throwing up of their arms, the, the body language, you know, the eye was open. Why wasn't the ball coming to me? And now you hear Anquan Bolden talk, and now you hear Tory Smith talk, not only talk, but the way they act. And you can tell that they like Blaine Gabbert, and they're excited that, you know, if, if they feel like they beat a guy, that the ball is going to be coming their way. And there's still frustration, of course. There was in that, that Bears game uh, from Tory Smith throughout. But, um, I mean, I, I do see a, a different energy on the offensive side. Now, that, you know, obviously, they're not tearing it up offensively. They still have an extremely difficult time scoring 20 points. But I sense that the, the receivers and the quarterback now seem to have a, a very good rapport on the field, off the field. And I think it's helped with just the overall mentality uh, of the players and, and the eagerness to show up to work and, and, and get cracking on the next week's game plan. Just can tell from the tone, of, certainly of the things that, that you've written and other people have written and, and just from talking to you, you expect Jim Thompson to back next year, don't you? I do. Absolutely. You know, and again, we got four games left yep. in the season here. We'll see how it goes, but um, hey, look, I mean, it's not, I mean, this is the guy that they wanted. Yep. I mean, you know, people, people said to me, Oh my God, you know, Jim Tom Sula, was he a fallback? No, <laughs> he was the guy they wanted. You and I, along. you and I kept saying that, didn't we? Yeah. We kept and saying people that. never listened to us. Why, <laughs> when will they ever oh, listen it's crazy. to us? It's terrible how the way they, it, I don't care if they listen to you actually, but they should listen to me sometimes. <laughs> Jeez. Actually, Matt, my Yoko, it, you were, you were on this one harder than anybody. So yeah. It, so what two and two guarantees it does one and three, the rest of the way, you know, five win season. Is that they're bringing, they're bringing Jim Tom Sula back. You know what? I, I'll, I'll say this. I think they could go Owen four, mm-hmm. but as long as, uh, the, the games are close. Uh, the guys are fighting hard. Um, you know, th- there are improvements made in, in certain areas or you, you see, you, I think more than anything, the guys are playing hard yeah. and they're not just like packing it in or, you know, get behind by 10 points in the second quarter and stop playing. I, I don't know that you can put a, a, I don't think you can put a record on it the rest of the way. I just think that I mean, they're they're they want to keep him, yep. and and they're you know they're looking for reasons to keep him because they like him over what they've seen from him, you know, in an eight year period. So uh, I, I don't know that you. I, I just right now I expect it, you know, and I I'd be very surprised. Um, and another thing is, you know, I for who you know what yep. is there a superstar coach out there that you know, is, is waiting, uh, that, that they'd be missing out on. So I think that has a lot to do or, with it too. I or, mean, who, I, or who would want to want to see this thing through. I, I completely agree with you, but I'd say there's a superstar coach out there who would even want to come and work for Trent Balky well, and work for Jay. Yeah, Mark. no, right. I mean, so. the, the, there's that, but I mean, you got to realize, I mean, there are the 32 that's true. jobs that's out true. there. That's true. That's true. And, and some good coaches, uh, have, Taking taking positions with organizations and with ownerships that don't have the best of reputations. So, 
Um, I mean, they got they got Jim Harbaugh. Yep. And uh, and I think probably in the coaching community, you know, people said, "Well, man, you better watch out to go work for for the 49ers because you know they, Jim Harbaugh went to three NFC Championship games and he's not there anymore." Um, I would bet that most coaches would say, "Well, I, I'm not Jim Harbaugh. You know, I can yep. I can get along with people." and make things work better than than he could yep here's a question is just thinking of it. if they ever would make a change do you think they would still insist that jim thomas will be on that staff oh that's a great question and i've thought a lot about that and i just don't see how any coach could come in and and want to keep the former head coach yep. there former two-time head coach so, now that that I mean, if they, that's something that they'd insist upon, I don't know if it'd be a deal breaker. But I think it would. I think a lot of coaches. I don't know of any coaches um, who would who would sign on for that one. And there'd probably be a few coaches on the former staff uh, who would field phone calls from that prospective <laughs> coach uh, to get a little bit more information. Yeah, that, that's all part of the fun 49er uh, environment uh, that I think I'm referring to. But, hey, it, it, assuming Tom Sewell is back, let's say 1-3, and 2-2, two and two, Gabbert looks pretty and – I'm, I'm even assuming now Gabbert holds on, is, is, is the incumbent going into at least training camp next season, no matter what they do. Do you imagine, though, that Jeep Chris, the offensive coordinator, is the guy where it's most likely to change going into next season? Yeah, I'd say so. And here's here's the thing with him is he's probably more on trial now than any other person in the organization mm-hmm. because you know as you pointed out the first eight games of the season the 49ers organization can can look back on it and say well that's all about Kaepernick mm-hmm. you know the reason the offense didn't take any steps forward and in fact took steps back was because of the quarterback, because now we have a new quarterback in and our, our passing numbers have risen 40 yards a game. Uh, you know, average pass attempt is, is one yard better. Um, now, you know, if you look at the four offense, okay, well, Jeep Chris, you know, that, that offense was pretty bad, but man, Kaepernick really held them back. Now, Gabbard is playing, you know, no one's going to say he's playing at a Pro Bowl level, but that offense looks much more traditional. You know, he's doing a, a good job of, of getting the ball out of his hands. I think in a lot of ways, his, his functional quarterback athleticism is better than, than Kaepernick's. Yep. You know, he's, able to, he's able to slide a step here, slide a step there, still keep his eyes downfield and, and make plays. I mean, who would who would have thought that you know, Galbert would be much better at avoiding sacks than Kaepernick, who's you know a, a unique, you know, a freak athlete in a lot of ways. So now, now it shifts to 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 Jeep Christ. Okay, you know, Galbert's doing a good job. You're, you're learning more about him every time he steps on the field. So now, what does the offensive coordinator? How can he? maximize that so that the team's not scoring, you know, 17 points a game, you know, how can they get into the, into the mid twenties? So that that's, I think that's what you're looking at the final four weeks. Now the problem becomes if you do make that 
that decision that there needs to be new guys on the offensive coaching staff. The problem is going out to get somebody yep. because, it, it, you know, sure, I, I, I believe Jim Tomsula is going to be the coach next year. But now, you know, now that next season is when you don't know. Mm-hmm. And for it, for an offensive coach to come in and say, okay, uh, this, this might be it, you know, uh, uh, coach on the hot seat. I mean, you, you're going to have a very difficult time drawing from a pool of candidates uh, of, of, of individuals who have options elsewhere. Yeah, that's what reminds me of Singletary, Matt, right there. Yeah. Because Jimmy Ray, Mike Martz, you know, Mike Johnson, that sounds familiar to me, uh, that whole it, scenario. It does. Here would be the difference, is that Mike Singletary, uh, he had an idea of what he wanted. He had a yeah. very strong idea of what he wanted offensively. So, you know, Scott Linehan and, and some of those guys would come in and they would say, this is what I, you know, this is what I envision for the offense and, and the talent level you have and, and the skills that you have. And Singletary would say, well, I want this. Yep. And they'd say, well, okay, you know, later, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go to the, in Scott Linehan's case, I'm going to go to the, the Detroit Lions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then finally, Jimmy Ray came in and said, well, what do you want? And Mike Singletary said, this is what I want. And Jimmy Ray said, I can do that. Okay, you're hired. I think Tom Sula, if it got to that position, I think he would listen to to everybody and hear their visions for what the offense is. And then I think he would he would take you know, he would he would pursue the guy that made the most sense to him. So I don't think that he would be hard headed and and just say, This is what I want and you have to deliver it. And one guy to keep an eye on through this whole thing is Steve Logan. Hmm. He's the quarterback's coach and he was very successful running the offense at Boston College. Um Matt Ryan speaks highly of him. Uh and Steve Logan and Jim Tomsula go back to NFL Europe. They know each other from that. And he's kind of a dark horse. That okay. It wouldn't surprise me that if a change were made, uh, Steve Logan, who's a very good communicator, he was in the, the radio <laughs> industry right before, uh, before Jim Tomsula hired him to his staff, wouldn't it shock me if, if he maybe has a more expanded role next year. You're not telling me that Jim Thompson is not going to have somebody sitting to his side when he's interviewing OC candidates saying, I think somewhere in there he said we're going to run the ball. You're, you can do it better than me. You do it better than me. That's obviously Trent Baalke, my horrible imitation of Trent Baalke. But. That was pretty good. Yeah, I, I knew. I knew. <laughs> you and I knew. No one else knew. Maybe Steve Logan yeah, knew. Yeah, oh well. <laughs> uh, One issue that came up recently certainly is Parag Marate uh, moving out of the president's role to some other role. Um, you and I had some slightly different reporting on that. I totally understand, uh, and I respect your sources. I respect your reporting. Uh, my question to you is, He's been on the job for only a couple of years. Do you really think this was a long planned move to him to other enterprises in the, in the York organization and, and stay on the salary cap and, and those things? Or was this something else? Maybe was there something else, which I've reported. Well, you know, yeah, Tim, I, I, I don't, I don't see that. I mean, and I know the, you, you, you stated or you've reported that's maybe this is connected to some of the leaks. Yep. Is that accurate? Yes, that's yeah. certainly accurate. So I've said that. Yeah. I just don't, 
I just don't see. Um, here's here's the the my thought on that is that to me, an organization would get upset when the leaks are for the purpose of undermining the organization, yeah. you know, whistleblowers, you know, something like that. Or, uh, to me, the, the leaks that you've seen or the, the reporting, uh, most of it uh, from national reporters has been designed to build the case to help the 49ers in, in whichever area uh, those leaks came, came out. I agree. Yep. So I, I, I don't think that, I just don't see that being uh, something that that would force ownership's hand uh, and 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 make a, a point of. Now, hey, look, there, there are 32 presidents in the NFL. Now, I don't know if every team has you know a so-called president, but let's just let's just say they do. The fact that that Pragmarate, you know, after the Super Bowl won't be one of those can be viewed in a very certain way as, as it's a demotion, but it's from what I understand, as far as what his football duties are, they're not going to change. He's still going to be managing the salary cap. He's still going to be the lead contract negotiator. Uh, he's still going to be in the draft room. He's the guy who has the, the chart. And when, when teams are talking about trades, he's the one who looks at it and says, uh, we get better value with this trade over that trade. And you can make the very strong argument that of everybody in the organization, uh, the, the one area in which they've done a good job, probably the, maybe the best job of, of it in any area in that organization, is the way they've managed the salary cap, uh, the, the way they've negotiated contracts. I mean, it, you know, Exhibit A is the Colin Kaepernick contract. <laughs> that was a pretty good um, one. That was a pretty good one. Yeah, you know, not bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I'll, I'll just go. So oh, I, it, I don't. So I don't know how things really change on the football side of it. From what I understand, you know, the president uh, is going to be, by all indications, Al Guido, who's been in charge of selling sponsorships and suites and and all of those things. Um, you know, that's where he's not going to be connected with the football side of it, but you know, he's going to be probably making a lot of money for the, for the York family and for the 49er brand uh, in some of these outside of, of football uh, business ventures. Yeah. I, I don't want to prolong this. I, I certainly understand all that. Uh, I, I just say the Kaepernick stuff is, is what I've heard. And that's changed, by the way, in the last week or so. You know, the national reports are now, oh, they've met with Kaepernick, and there's a chance he's back, and this this thing could be on the same page. And before, again, we don't know where all these things are. I'm certainly not saying I know that that Parag was was the leaks was the leaker on any of this, but the Kaepernick stuff in particular—that he was on an island, that you know the contract set up for him, that, for, that they could move on from him easily—what a great contract that was. There certainly was the national reporting. Think that specifically is what I've heard connected in this move. Not that we know about it, but that that this move was in a way a sign saying, "Okay, we don't need this sort of stuff anyway." Do, do you think Jed York is concerned about these leaks? Do you think this is an issue with him? Do you think it's going to change? No, I mean, I mean, you're always to, to me. You know, there's a fine line between leaks and 
just reporting. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you talk to people, I mean, I mean, to me, they're, I don't know, I, as a reporter, you know, you, we're trying to, to, to find out what the, the temperature is inside the organization, how, how you feel about certain people. And it gives us an idea of, you know, moves to come. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, is it so much different than other organizations? Maybe it's not, but we know about it because a, we're, we're right here and B there have been some very interesting and out of the ordinary occurrences um, I mean, put it this way, I, and I'm so far removed from this, but I, I think this is kind of, you know, th- this is an area that you would know a lot about. I mean, from the outside looking in, uh, in the, the year earlier, when the Warriors were going through the situation w- with Mark Jackson, I mean, and from what I could tell, it was it was a lot of uh, local reports as opposed to national reports. I might be wrong on that. No, there's national reports. It was, it was a lot of national yeah, reports. So, okay, yeah. so yeah. so we knew that mm-hmm. at the end of the year, Mark Jackson was probably not going to have a job. Yep. And you talk to people on the streets, and 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 I'm this this is my perspective because I I don't know anything that really happened there, but you know from for me it's as a Fan, I'm, I'm thinking, well, they can't get rid of him. I mean, he's taking them to the playoffs. But, you know, the the reports were, oh, yeah, he's, he's probably gone. Well, you know, the people who wrote that didn't make that stuff up. Mm-hmm. So, to me, the, those those were leaks, right, yeah, on the yeah. same level as, uh, yeah. as the Harbaugh stuff. Yeah, we could have a whole separate show on this. There, uh, having been in the yeah. middle of both of them, um, there's some similarities. There's no question. There's a lot of differences. So too, I'll just put it from, okay. if, if the Harbaugh stories were one had, had mostly one side leaking or, or there was reporting on one side, the Mark Jackson thing had very, very clearly had two sides. <laughs> I'll put it that way. Okay. Very, okay. very, very clearly. But you make yeah. a great point. It's a great point. It's a great uh, way to look at this 49er situation, and and we'll, we won't even get into the Harbaugh thing. Last year was a whole separate entity, uh, but th- I've taken way too long with you. I, I uh, this is a great conversation, but I got to ask you, Matt, because I'm just curious. I think the world's curious. What's your favorite restaurant? Oh, my favorite restaurant anywhere. It could, uh, it could be anywhere. Yeah, you know, I, the, to me, this one's pretty easy because my first year on the beat, uh, you know, hanging around some some of the deans of, of mm-hmm. the 49ers at the time. And actually mm-hmm. Clark judge had been on the beat for only a, a few years, but quickly established himself. Mm-hmm. And of course, Ira Miller, sure. um, one of the first road trips of my, of my first year on the beat was to new Orleans. And I was turned on to this place, not in the French quarter. It's out a little bit toward the garden district past walls. Oh yes. And, and it's no, it, to me, it's the quintessential new Orleans place. It's known for its barbecued shrimp. Yep. I've never had anything but barbecued shrimp at this place. I think I've, I've never. Went, you, you're you're happy. I've, it's the happiest I've ever seen I, you is when you're eating barbecued I'm, shrimp. I'm, yes, there. I'm still happy. I get the bib on. <laughs> I start off with a few oysters at the Great Oyster Bar. So to me, uh, there there's no question. Pasquale's Manali. In New Orleans, it's only world. You know what happened? I think one of the last times you were there with me. To me, remember. 
My tooth exploded. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Yes. That's not the yeah, happy so probably not. You probably <laughs> don't hold it in as high regard as I, I, I did. I went back the next year, and I love the food, but th- that's not a great memory for me. But that's all right. Your smiling face in my mind, eating with that bib on, eating that barbecue shrimp, that makes us all smile. That's an image for all of us to uh. appreciate. <laughs> all right, Matt. Listen, we've taken plenty of your time. Uh, have a good trip out there. I will not be with you in Cleveland. I know that's sad for everybody. Certainly, certainly sad for Trent to not to be near me in the press box. Uh, but I will see you when you get back. Certainly at a home game of Levi's. And I appreciate. Thank you very much for being on the show, Tim. It's it's been a pleasure. I, I really am thrilled that I, I made the cut, and uh, and now I can I can I, I'm not even going to go to work today. Oh, I'm just take the rest of the you day don't have off. to keep sucking up to me because I've already padged you on the show now. So uh, we, 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 uh, now, can, now I'm <laughs> starting the groundwork for uh, for the second episode in 2018. All right, Maddie. Thank you very much, everybody. That's the dean of all deans, Matt Mayoko. Thank you very much. There you go. Okay, now Paul just hung up on him. But that's that's always our dance we do. We When's Paul going to hang up on the guest? When's that actually going to happen? And that just happened. And everybody, thank you very much. That's the TK Show for today. And we're going to tape Warriors Plus Minus in just a little bit. Although people get mad at me when I say tape because no, nothing actually gets taped. It just gets recorded. So we're going to record. We're not going to tape. We're going to record Warriors Plus Minus later today. Thank you, everybody.